and welcome to the Ross Republic podcast. My name is Adrian, a partner for digital banking. In this episode, we're joined by Max Linden, who's the co-founder and CEO of Lemon Markets. How are you doing, Max? Hey, Adrian. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Um, so Max uh, initially studied economics at the University of Münster and he co-founded uh, Lemon Markets while studying. Um, so he dropped out, uh, I heard, after the fourth uh, semester to fully focus on <laughs> on building the, the fintech company, also after attracting a major funding round. And what does Lemon Markets do? Uh, it's a fintech company that offers bro brokerage infrastructure for stock trading. Um, that means users can, on the one hand, build their own trading strategy or application with the Lemon Markets API, and on the other hand, also via API, uh, retrieve historical and real-time market data, which then can also be obviously integrated into a trading product. Um, so that will be, I think, a more formal description of what you're offering, um, but I would be really interested, especially maybe if a listener or someone else has never heard of this whole concept before, like trading through APIs, how would you describe it like in, in your own words? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a broad question to pick it off. Um, let me say it like this. I think or, what we do here at Lemon Markets is basically um, we give developers the tools to solve their own problem, right? So for example, you figured out that ETF savings plan that you have in your current uh, investment solution is very inflexible, right? You can only, you can only do it at the first or the 15th of a month. Um, you cannot really kind of bound it to any condition, manual process, it, you, you don't like it. Um, and so what you can do with us is you can, you can basically create your own logic and uh, build a software, a piece of software that um, manages the investment as you would like to have it. And then we are basically kind of the part that you plug in to get price data, right? So you know where the market is moving to and then to kind of execute the trade and basically have your account behind it. So that's how, that's how we see ourselves. And, and that's basically what we are doing here. And the, the API aspect of it, it just means that we, that we cater to a very specific group of people, a group of people that, that is able to, to utilize such a very technical product. And in our case, this is, this means we are very focused on developers, builders, makers, people who just would like to craft something. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the core of lemon markets as of today. All right. Thanks for that. Um, uh, and also in this episode, we will obviously discuss on a broad perspective, like what trends are powering um, like new solutions like Lemon Markets. Um, obviously, we will talk about embedded finance um, and then also uh, going deeper into how Lemon Markets um, has built the the proposition that they are now uh, live with and maybe also for the future, what, what is planned there. One, one question that uh, I wondered um, was that you developed Lemon Markets right out of university and usually, obviously, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you have such a broad choice in, in you know, topics to to tackle. And, and financial services is just so notoriously hard to get right because you have to navigate complex regulations. Um, sometimes you need to get your own licensing or you need to find partners, the right partners that do that for you. Um, sometimes they're difficult go-to-market challenges. Uh, have you, so in that case, have you, have you been a trader yourself or have you been, let's say, trying to find solutions that have not been on the market? Um, or what was the main reason why you decided to, um, yeah, take on that huge challenge um, that, um, that you have in front of you? Absolutely. I mean, it, it isn't easy. And I think, you know, the, the first kind of first principle answer to this, to this question is I, I'm, I'm a problem solver and uh, I get most excited by really complex problems. And uh, what is a company, right? A company is a, is a systemic solution to solve a problem. Uh, and in the best case, the company works without yourself. So basically you have found a constant solution for this problem. And so this is, I think, you know, the, the two aspects that brings it together, right? First, uh, why this problem? It's super complex and it's super big. It's super relevant. Um, and then the other side is, you know, building the company is a form to solve it. And basically I did my first investment. So before 11 markets kind of while studying, um, to a buddy of mine, we had a web agency 
and um, the first 500 bucks I, I made um, because I didn't need much for a living because of my student lifestyle, um, I had them, I put them on the side and I wanted to do something with them. And so I, I invested them. But when I invested those 500 bucks, I had to pay 10 euros in transaction costs. And uh, this was 2018. Um, and there was not really any other option for me on the market. And, and so I was just, this annoyed me. And I was like 500 euros, 10 euros transaction costs. This is way too much. And for me, I, my simple perception was, well, it's just a database entry, right? What, what else are they doing? Um, it's not that easy, to be fair, after, after three years of digging in. But it's, it's not as complex as of 10 euros. And so I think that this is basically what was my starting point and why I got intrigued into it. And then from there on, we went down the rabbit hole. And uh, yeah, four years later, now we're here with Lemon Markets to, to fix it and, and build infrastructure that is, that is more efficient. Yeah, sounds, sounds amazing. And, uh, and, and then now going into the topic of like current trends in the market, would you consider yourself also as like someone that tries out new fintech products as a kind of early adopter? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think. I, I just love to to test and tinker around with new stuff. Um, unfortunately, most of the, the really kind of new fintech products are in the US, um, and and they, they usually don't let me in. Um, but there's, I mean, so there's this news that I'm reading. It's called like fintech brain uh, brain food, I think, and and they're always featuring a bunch of companies. And so that's that's where kind of where I get my inspiration from, and it's it's awesome. Uh, like big shout out to Simon who does it. And uh, so yeah, that's where where I get inspired. And then there's there's tons of you like UX. Uh, of user research portals where I then can kind of sneak in and, and see um, what the underlying looks like. But uh, in, in general, it's, I think the, the US is, is a couple of years ahead. And, and, and so it's always interesting to just see where they are in the market and, and what problems are they solving. Not everything is similar because the underlying regulation and infrastructure is so different. Um, and this is, this is not just with payments, this is with everything, right? Also investment. But in general, I, I'm always intrigued to, to see what, what new people are doing. And we are fortunate to see a lot of people, especially in the investment space, who would like to try new stuff and, and, and sometimes um, try and do this with our infrastructure. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is this is part of my kind of staying on top of or on top of the curve. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, I exactly had the same thought when I when I when I um, yeah, was thinking about it, that the, the choices you have here in Germany are actually not that great, to be honest, like it's, you know, you're using a kind of number 26 or Revolut accounts and uh, maybe a trade, trade Republic. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we recently actually had a few cool examples from Germany on the podcast. Um, so you, I think there are some new solutions definitely emerging over the last one year or two years. Um, one was Vantic, which is like an, a card-based product, uh, which helps you to put small uh, um, um, amounts of money into a savings ETF. Um, and also uh, Unit Plus, which is also a card-based product, which basically um, also lets you save into ETFs and then kind of spend spend these spend that money whenever you needed it through a card. Yeah, there, there's more and more innovation coming definitely also on, on the market. But, but I agree. I think the outside of the fintech bubble, many people don't even have a Neobank account that they're still using Sparkasse or something else. It's like I think that's a big challenge, right? Um, it's really about penetrating this part of the market. The, the early adopters are probably the same for everyone, but the real challenge and, and kind of the real goal to go after and in our case, right, in the investment case, it's it's 15% of Europeans invest, which means 85% don't. I would still say that near, kind of close to 100% of people have smartphones and use technology, right? And so there's this gap that we can close. And uh, the question is how to get there. And uh, this is going to be the, the really interesting, really interesting challenge over the next five to 10 years from a market penetration perspective. Also, the, the biggest opportunity uh, instead of the same companies going after the same 15% of people over and over again. Uh, so 
that's definitely long term where I think it's going. And, and you know, you mentioned Unit Plus or Avantic. I think those are solutions which everyone can use, right? Everyone is spending money with their card. And so I think we, we are seeing more and more things that are not necessarily, or you don't need to be a pro um, in order to kind of get into it. And I think that's like the biggest hurdle, right? You need to create awareness for people. And this awareness creation is is where we where we need to make the biggest, or where the industry, I think, the, there is the biggest upside to be to be to be lifted, and then from there on, I think it's going to trickle down and, and and divide into the different solutions that come up to resolve unique problems. And I think that's the that's the wedge you bring to the market. You need to solve a very unique problem, and then you you can expand the market because there is going to people who, there are people who have this problem, and they will come to you. And then after solving this one problem, and I think TaxFix, for example, is is, is great. When they solved and and also the, the kind of other companies in the same space, they have solved a very unique problem. And now you see other tax companies who kind of or they, they have a small adjustment to the model and tweak it a bit and have a very unique different problem which makes them coexist and this goes ahead with the different levels of complexity of tax declarations they can do on the other hand you would say well why is it not just one product why are there five or ten companies who do it well it's because every one of them has certainly kind of a different way to enter and then once you have it in right you can expand and you can go broad and then going broad, probably it's going to be very similar for all of them. But the initial wedge and how they get started is, is very different. And that's how they expand the market and that's how they grow initially. And so I think that's that's a very interesting dynamic we are going to see play out more and more. Um, as people get more sophisticated and with infrastructure better accessible, companies can really focus on solving those hard problems because there's just a better business case for it. Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree. I think that, that what you just mentioned, that's um, that's a great bridge to um, like the overall trends that we see in embedded finance. Uh, and I think the, the listeners that maybe don't know what that exactly means, it's basically just that you, that means basically financial products that are deeply integrated into a customer journey um, exactly where and when the user needs it. Also, that obviously means that you're taking alternative data and use that uh, to improve the uh, financial product. So it's not just like a uh, like an affiliate a partnership here suddenly happening in banking, but it's more like really using using alternative data um, of companies that already serve customers. Um, uh, as you mentioned, not always going for the same 15% of the market, but there's so many um, uh, companies that have uh, unique communities or specific target groups um, that understood that actually um, they could make their life way easier by integrating financial products. Um, and they already have data on these customers, um, which obviously can be used for uh, making customer onboarding easier or KYC process, being better at underwriting, um, or also really just understanding the personalization or, or the personal preferences of a customer. And then based on that, develop, uh, translating that into a financial product. So that's basically what this whole embedded finance trend is about. Do, do you think there are specific um, like triggers in the market that have been um, pushing uh, this whole embedded finance trend? In general, like we've, I've, I've mentioned it a few times, but infrastructure has become more accessible and more and, and cheaper, right? And I think that's an easy logic in a sense that if you calculate a business case and uh, the, the supply side, the cost side gets cheaper or it gets more accessible, more business cases are possible. I think that's the, the first one, uh, which is just powering it over and over again. The second is consumers are more and more bound to digital processes. And, uh, you know, to be embedded in some place, it needs to be someplace digital process that kind of allows this and as everyone is, is used to it and I mean, saying it in 2022 probably seems to be a bit obvious but I think that's really it and that this is so normal for people in every aspect of their life uh, from taking a credit like a loan for for buying a house to placing a small investment everything is natively digital especially for the generations coming up that for them it's not a problem to also kind of have financial interactions in other contexts where they normally wouldn't suppose them because they're used and they trust into this being done well. 
in a, in a digital environment. And so I think customer adoption is, is definitely the, the second one. And then the third one is that with companies solving unique problems, there's a re reason for them to offer it because they can make life better. And I think the, the most obvious example and is when you look at Uber, right? Imagine you're a driver at Uber and uh, if Uber is not your bank account, you, it takes you like two days to get the money you earned into your, your pocket. But if Uber is offering you the bank account because they know everything about or they have all the data, they can basically allow you to get this money instant. And so you can drive in the afternoon and you can spend, spend the money on, on dinner in the evening. I mean, that's huge value add for the actual, like for the, for the driver, because this is like giving Uber the wedge to kind of unlock the value of the product as fast as possible. And, and so I think those three things are, are really the ones that, that bring it together, cheaper infrastructure, better customer adoption and companies solving unique problems where it just makes sense to add it because they can add value for their consumers. Yeah, I fully agree. I think that's, that's a huge um, awakening in, in all sorts of sectors, uh, both in consumer uh, apps, but also on the, I think even especially on the business side, um, that's also a, a huge um, opportunity to make business customers' life easier, like an Uber driver, but also we see it in uh, vertical SaaS companies that's you know serve a specific niche of companies that now integrate financial services and and you can also see that or at least obviously the um the investor sentiment has now changed a little bit in the last months but um over the, looking at the last years um just the amount of money that has been flowing into these infrastructure companies is um has been growing uh, quite fast so from 2020 2020 to 2021 it has tripled basically there were funding rounds from uh, 300 million to to 3 billion um, so, uh, and also the market cap that is predicted for this whole embedded finance uh, company uh, or, or the companies that operate there is $7.2 trillion by 2030. So, so I think in, if, you, if you talk to investors, if you talk to banks um, and also kind of industry analysts, they all see this as like a given that over the next 10, 20 years, um, the whole value chain in banking will definitely change quite a lot. And I think we've seen this also in other um in other industries where digitalization just happened and and you ended up with like infrastructure companies on the one hand and on, a, on the other hand you, you end up with a lot of companies that just focus on the customer experience uh that build on top of these infrastructure companies um and i think that's something that, that we will see also in financial services um where you have these platform companies like stripe where you have these companies uh, which can be almost any company nowadays um that owns the customer relationship and just deeply integrates um uh, a financial product like uber um, and this would be like a broad split, I think, in the market. And obviously, that's the notion we believe in, right? Um, we believe there's going to be more and more reason for companies to, to integrate financial services of any kind. And uh, we believe that those companies, I mean, I would rather like to use a specialist who actually helps me solve a problem I have and then get the respective solution, which sometimes involves some sort of financial service, instead of trying to go to a place that can offer me anything, maybe, or probably not at the best price and probably not with the best quality. And I think that's the, it's, it's a bit of this kind of banks basically offer this full bundle of, I can do anything for you. And what we are seeing is kind of a, an unbundling of it in, in, in kind of as embedded finance allows that you do something very specific in a very specific use case. Um, on the other side, I mean, I think what, what you have to say is that there's this counter trend in which, I mean, the N26 and Revoluts, um, they are now rebundling everything. It's a bit kind of contrarian to it, um, but at the moment there's not a clear winner. That for me it's, it's visible, but for me it's very obvious that in the end people are very different, especially in Europe. Right? We have different cultures, we have different geographies, languages, and we have different ways how we get socialized with money and kind of to be very specific, how much money we even have and how sensitive we are to the topic. And so it's always going to be a 
big chunk of different problems that are out there and those require different solutions. And uh, I think if you're one bank and you would like to cater all of them, it's just going to get harder and harder because there's going to be more and more competition. Absolutely. And what, what you also just mentioned around uh, unbundling and rebundling, I think that's exactly the playbook that has worked quite successfully for many of these companies that you just start with one very specific niche um, and then and then um, grow out, grow grow from there basically. Um, so one specific problem and then you add more um, layers on top. Um, so let's maybe talk about um, then the Lemon Markets product. And um, I think I found it interesting that you mentioned like um, for companies like Vantic or Unit Plus, uh, which which makes it so easy for anyone to get started with investing. Whereas um, since you already um, hinted towards the fact that you at the moment uh, have developers as your first customers that are more technically aver like technically um, uh, skilled, um, so so that sounds like a, obviously a very very different target group to the to the um, mainstream investment uh, providers. Um, how would you describe these initial customers that you um, now serve? Yeah, t totally. And I think the I mean the approach we 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 are using is we are very much focused on on a niche and we want like to dominate this niche and and. For us, it's been clear that we need to be as close as possible to the actual people that create value on top of our infrastructure. And this will always be the right? Disregard of the setting, disregard of they're doing it for themselves or if they're doing it for their company, it's always going to be developers, product teams, makers that, that do something upon our platform. And so to get as close to them as possible, I mean, we, we wanted to start build something for them. And in our case, this, this meant build an API that you as an individual can use. And this is a bunch of advantages, right? It's, I mean, Normally, you as an individual, you can move a bit faster than you as a company, um, just by the nature of things. Um, second thing is that it's it's you know from an kind of investment or kind of an effort perspective, it's easier for you to get started on your own. Um, and then people experience more problems, and they'd like to come up with more solutions. So every one of those solutions is going to turn out into a company and going to be a big success, and many people adopt it. But we wanted to see as many use cases as possible as early as possible and make it accessible to as much as people as we can. And, and this has been proven true in a sense that we have seen a great variety of them and maybe all of them are replicable on, or apply to any one of us, but we get to get the full breath on the full depth of them. And, and this is really, really helpful for us to understand where we need to develop the product to in order to, um, to make it repeatable, because that's in the end and kind of for us the, the next step. I mean, we have started and, and developers have approached us to solve their own problems. and. and, and but then obviously the next step, which without all of it, and, and we've been hinting to it, is that companies kind of make leverage on, on, on with our build, build leverage on our infrastructure. And so um, that's that's where we are at the moment. And, and that's what we've what we've learned so far from our focus on this very specific customer group. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's extremely interesting um, because uh, from from what I've seen, for example, with uh, Scalable Capital, like one of the first uh, robo-advisors in Germany, um, they had a similar approach in the, in, in the sense that they, um, when they started out, um, organized quite many uh, um, like evenings where they invited consultants and like engineers um, to these like to specific, specifically targeted that group in Germany, um, brought them together, explained to them why they shouldn't invest themselves and rather just you know, just put money into scalable capital and the algorithm just diversifies it for you in the best way. So, so, so that you get the, the maximum uh, return on investment, um, depending on your risk, uh, um, appetite. Um, and that's how they basically grew out of that niche of people that on the one hand, obviously you need 
you, you need to have money in order to invest in the first place. So, so that's that was given for them. And then also uh, build a product for them that makes sense to them. And in your case, you're doing exactly the same because developers are usually um, higher paid. So um, and also more technically uh, um, skilled. So um, maybe also more interested in doing their own trades and understanding what's happening, how, how trades are made instead of just putting money in a, into a robot advisor. So, so that's, that sounds like a, actually um, a great product for, for the target group. Um, and um, then, yeah, just optimize for that one and explore exploring use cases, what they're building. So in that sense, let's say if, if someone is a developer who wants to get creative around his investment strategy, it's like someone that takes the Lemon Markets API and says, uh, just as an tangible example, whenever I buy something at Starbucks, um, I want to buy a Starbucks stock or something. It's like, what, what kind of... Um, how, how are they using it now? Yeah, yeah. I think the, I mean, the the, the, the the example you mentioned is 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 quite interesting. I think you, I mean, just to kind of broaden the horizon here a bit, it's not just about the actual strategy. It can also be about the interface, right? So we have people building their own mobile apps. We have people building their own dashboards. Um, we have people building Apple Watch widget. Uh, we've integrate seen them integrate our API into third party solutions like um, a spreadsheet or uh, Telegram or other op opportunities. So the uh, kind of i think that's that's very broad in this case um and and to be kind of to kind of double down and, and, and go specific again and on, on the example you mentioned right i mean that this could be an interesting use case in which you say well um i basically uh, you know i have the data from my bank account and i connect the bank or basically take those two inputs right the bank account data that i get and whenever i, I make a purchase at xyz store then i would also like kind of link it to investment and then I can I can trigger this transaction and I just need to kind of approve it instead of going through the whole process you know finding it out yourself kind of remembering that you even want to do it and so this would be would be a would be would be indeed I think one of the one of the classics yeah basically you as a developer you can you can just come to us and and kind of get the API and get the product and get testing out of the gate and 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 kind of connect it with your software Okay, and that's what's happening right now. So, so you you have kind of the self-service onboarding, and um, are you then actively engaging with some of these developers to find more about or help them sure. even how to build this? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, the, the, I think that's the interesting thing of a self-service notion, right? Um, you, you first you give value to people by giving them your product, right? I mean, no one wants to come on a website and click on oh, click out of this content form or book a demo. You just would like to get it out of the gate. And so, and because we are talking of investments, right? Still, if you would like to use our product with extra money, um, you need to do KYC process, et cetera. Um, but we have kind of, uh, we have, we have built a, a kind of a testing environment, a paper environment basically. So you can sign up without KYC, without credit card and just use it and test the product and see what it can do. And if this works for you, then you can actually take the next step and open your account and do something with it. Uh, and for us, this is exactly kind of part of, okay, we provide value to you first, you build something and then obviously, I mean, we are not sitting around here and waiting for things to happen. If we see that, that your account has a very high activity or a spike in usage, I mean, come to you and knock on your door and just ask what you're building and how we can help. Okay. I found it interesting uh, um, I, when I checked out your API that, you, as you just mentioned, you have one uh, an environment where you can do paper trading and one for live trading and then a separate one for the um, historical and also real-time uh, trading data. Um, actually, that, that reminds me a little bit, I mean, maybe universities could be actually one interesting channel for you, let's say more technical universities, uh, and just provide them with a paper trading environment and let, let all these student developers, you know, do a hackathon on it or something like that. I think even based on the infrastructure that you provide them, there might be even several successful startups built on top, similarly to the other banking as a service providers like, um, 
I don't know, Solaris Bank or so that have um, plenty of, let's say, rather successful um, vertical banks built on top. So that Absolutely. could be actually quite I mean, interesting. I'm, to see. I'm, taking, I'm taking this as your application for a growth role. Um, <laughs> really to, I know, but actually, like coding bootcamps has been something we're looking into and, and think, yeah, these are the logical next step. Cool. Sounds, sounds amazing. Um, uh, let me quickly check. So, so, so you mentioned um, right now fo full focus on developers, full focus on like use case exploration, um, and and um, maybe and already hinting towards the next step as being like this embedded or, or like infrastructure provider also for companies that would like to integrate that. Um, uh, is this like a game plan that you're um, following not right now? Um, is this on the roadmap that you're also like the, the kind of um, infrastructure partner for? Um, yeah, the companies that would then obviously need a different kind of probably uh, um, um, you know consultation but also product uh, when they want to launch these features into their own um, existing proposition yeah. i mean taking one step back we always do things that bring value to our customers and uh, this has been very clear that especially like in the last month tons of customers have been approaching us and asking about oh i've built this product can i share it now with my friends they would like to use it as well um oh actually again i've tested the api it's great um, i'm part of this company we would like to use it for XYZ. And if you hear this feedback over and over again, I mean, you need to act on it. And so uh, that's what we're investigating at the moment. And that's why, why we are very, we are talking to a lot of people to really understand what is it that we can build here? What is it that's missing in the ecosystem? Um, and what do they expect from us in terms of commercials, in terms of, as you mentioned, support, consulting, in terms of product, what is exactly that, that they are looking for? Because uh, it's not just about getting the trade executed. There's more pieces to it, and so this is what we're what we are scoping at the moment, and and where we are very actively listening to our community. Okay, interesting, and and also, um, I think um, what we've seen also in other similar companies um, like Makita um, that um, that just started out, like when they started out, they they also were really really kind of let's say at that time unknown or smaller companies like Square when they powered the Cash App uh, uh, card for them in the US, and also DoorDash. Um, as a company that that found out, hey, we can integrate cards into our operations, um, give them to drivers, and and they can then buy that stuff, um, easily. Um, and and suddenly these these companies had um had been blowing up and become huge huge customers where where they made um actually huge amounts or, or like the percentage of revenue that Makita made of these handful of customers was very very big. Um, so even like concentrating only on these few customers, um, they they've been able to grow quite tremendously. Um. I'm wondering if this also works in the in the Europe, as you mentioned, on a consumer side, it's fragmented and different habits and mindsets, but it's also on on like on a market growth growth side that might be interesting to see if that is possible also to replicate on 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 European markets. Um, and it seems like these banking as service providers are also like Makita. Obviously, they they want to go where the volumes are at some point, and 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 suddenly then startups have small volumes. So in, in Europe, it seems like the focus of these providers is more than actually to serve banks um, and and other financial services companies. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that will be interesting to see how, how that works out also on a European scale. Um, if that will be just a huge ecosystem of small niche companies, but in some obviously they have then a big volume, or if it's or if it if it is possible that you can get as a banking or service provider some large companies as someone who really integrates deeply a financial product. I don't know, like telco companies or energy companies even. Um, and what I found interesting is that so far in all these all these overviews and market analysis papers, you you never see integrated trading or wealth. At the moment, like it's it seems to be like a super early stage um, 
phase. So, so I think the, the approach that you're taking there step-by-step step and st really starting with the developer community is actually super smart. Um, instead of chasing custom potential already, like let's say large customers that are absolutely not ready for this yet. Um, because even for small stuff like integrating accounts, or lending, um, you really need to explain to companies why why they should do that, and they're like, why the fuck would I would I integrate an account for my customers? They already have a bank account, so it's like there's this huge uh, pre-run that you have to do to educate the market in a sense. And, and I mean, you want to work with people who have the same mindset as you, right? Um, and we would like to work with people who are fast, who make quick decisions, who are tech forward, and who share the same optimism for the world as we do. And um, I think those are early stage startups and. As you say, right, the investment space in Europe is, is very early. Um, but for us, it's betting on those early companies. I mean, on those, on those people who kind of are on their journey to get something up. And I think as we define it for us, as we would like to help companies bring brokerage from zero to one, we are not the partner that you already have something and then you would like to get this more sophisticated, more exchanges, more asset classes, lower cost, whatever. That's not us in the beginning. Our focus is exactly on, on, on helping companies that have it compelling value proposition and get them out of the gate so they can focus on bring it to the market and we are focusing on taking care of of all the, the process and behind i think that's what we have learned and understood so far and that's where we are very clear who we would like to partner with um because as you as you mentioned right sure it's super tempting to think about those big volumes that an enterprise customer can bring from day one but so many tough things you need to do until you get there and um, we would like, rather like to focus this time on building a better product instead of trying to do some custom solution engineering um, because this is not going to make it replicable and that's why we have for us very clearly understood that those are the kinds of companies we would like to focus on um, and that we would like to help you take it from zero to one cool then uh, also one of my last questions would then be around um, the, the build-up of the company what i found always very interesting to hear some stories around that um, in terms of what was like the biggest challenge that you found when building this up was it around I don't think it, will, it was a tech stack that you've built there. Was it, my assumption would be, was it around regulations and partnerships? Um, I think the biggest barrier to entry, like to get this initial one out of the gate was definitely partnerships. And we were very happy that we found one and that we found people who kind of, who helped us get things set up. And um, that was that was definitely the, the most critical one um, because it's, it's there's not many options in the market. And uh, I think that's what proves a challenge to many people also that we are seeing now. Um, so that has been it has been very crucial because it's very hard to get in, and uh, because it's a it's a very small industry, it's people know each other. Um, that's that that takes some time takes some time um, to navigate into it. I think that was definitely one, and, and obviously, right as every other startup, we face the same. I wouldn't say call them generic, but we face the same challenges, um, right? Getting people in who really are excited about what we are doing. Um, Helping them to do their best work. That's a constant challenge that we face, that everyone else faces as well. And uh, I think this incidence that we have in, in how we like to build this company is really put our customers first and our people first. And our people are also customers of us as a company. And, and, and so um, this is what we have, what we think about is the biggest challenge that we constantly need to solve because if we can assemble the best team, if we can enable them to do great work and we can provide them the environment to do so, they are able to figure out those difficult challenges, like the partnership. Um, and even this partnership is is a is a people topic, right? It's the person on the other side that trusts you and enters it and pushes it internally. And so that's really what our philosophy is here. And so I think on a specific level, the partnership was the biggest challenge. How I think about it as a kind of as building this company, it's people is the one thing that really makes a difference. And if we can assemble the greatest team um, that has worked on this, that's working on on this problem. 
we're going to get the, the best outcome. And that's what I'm focused on. My Yeah, amazing. So so you're fully focused now on like, uh, on the one hand, uh, on people basically internally, but also externally, the developers that you're serving to, to provide them with the best tool possible to get from zero to one. Amazing. Um, so any, is there anything else you would like to mention? Um, you know, any developers that are listening, um, where should they check you out? Um, where can they reach you? Yeah, it's very simple. Um, lemon dot Marcus. Uh, it's the, the kind of that's the, the the name of the game. And uh, yeah, we appreciate any feedback. Like we really take it serious, and and we, we are open to listen to it, and we 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 want to act on it. And there is no ego. We don't build this product for anyone here. We build it for the community, and we build it for the companies we are talking to. And uh, yeah, that's that's really the message we would like to get out. And in the end, we we are big believers in the ecosystem, and uh, we 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 think that this is in the end the the bigger pursue here is really enabling the next 100 million investors in Europe. Um, and uh, this is nothing we can do alone, right? There's many challenges um, and, and many people that need to join uh, forces to make it happen. And we would like to be a small part into it um, by, by fixing the problems on the infrastructure side. Amazing. Thanks a lot for joining, Max. Awesome. Thanks for having me.